Today on CityCast Boise, when Treefort Music Fest started 10 years ago, it was this really homegrown thing. Mostly locals came to check out mostly local and regional bands. Now, it's helped to put our music scene on the map, bringing thousands of people, many from out of state, to see indie bands from around the world. Today, I'm talking with Eric Gilbert, the CEO of Duck Club Entertainment, which puts on Treefort and is now adding a new festival to their roster, Flipside Fest in Garden City. We're talking how the music scene has matured and why Flipside is truly made for locals. It's Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is CityCast Boise. I have a big question for you that I really wanted to ask you for a little while now, which is, is our music scene like better than ever right now? How would you characterize what's going on in this moment in Boise's music scene? Well, first, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Um, and thanks for the big question. There's a few different ways metrics I would look at it as, but the biggest one for me that really resonates is there's just a bunch of really cool young bands here right now and younger people that are that are sticking around and making this their home to build their art and start bands and getting really active. And um, I'm also excited about this new wave of like older bands kind of getting back back in the game. And there's just this cool like cross-generational perspective and, and, and respect in the music scene now. You see these, you know, there's a, a lot more bigger shows happening. Um, and there's definitely a lot of interest from touring traffic from all over the world, really, to come to Boise. I mean, yes, as you said, there's a lot of different ways to think about it or just wonder, like, what makes a scene really strong? Is it money being made, um, money enough to support people's full-time jobs in the music scene, whatever that looks like? Is it artists getting national attention? Is it the growth of venues and festivals, which we're going to talk about, or is it, you know, the number of fans that show up and that shows are sold out all the time or a mix of all of it? I don't know. What all, I would say all, all of those things, right? You know, so, you know, for touring traffic to want to keep coming back, people need to show up to the shows. And what we're seeing across the board is more attendance at shows. Great. Right. And then we're seeing seeing local bands out on national tours more than they've ever been and able to get gigs at, in Seattle and Portland. and Yeah. Well, and one thing, I mean, I moved here, oh my gosh, it was 11 years ago. I can't believe it. And when I think about what it was like then versus now, it just feels like there's a little bit of maturity around it. And I mean, like kind of some professionalization around it. A company like Duck Club that didn't exist that long ago, more than, what was it? When did you guys found? Like 12 years ago, something like that? 11? Right, we're around the first tree for it. So 2012, yeah. yeah. 2012, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So around that same timeline. And it was like, there was all this excitement, enthusiasm, and it felt like there was something that was happening. And people were starting to stick around in Boise or feel like they maybe could, but then they would, you know, oh, well, I'm going to go move to San Francisco go for a while and then I'll come back. Or it was kind of that back and forth or go to Portland and then I'll come back. Or maybe I'll go to Portland and I'll stay. So it sounds like you're seeing people like this can be a place where you stay, you make music, you uh, participate in being a professional in the music industry in Boise. Yeah. Is that fair? 
Yeah, completely. And I, you know, I, I do believe that tree forts played a, a fairly large role in that in, in basically helping connect the local scene to the outside world. Um, a lot of artists, local artists have learned to be more professional on like a national stage mm. through other activity and tree fort. But, you know, little things like just having a better bio, taking better photos, like they're just a lot better prepared and, and are seeing it more as peers to the national scene as opposed to this sort of like Boise, where's that? And is there even music there? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Are you, yeah, you mentioned kind of the, the touring thing. So as somebody who, yeah, brings acts from outside of Boise to, to perform here, has it been, become easier to convince bands then to actually play in Boise? Yes. There's almost, I feel like we're drinking from a fire hose at times of the amount of artists that want to come to Boise now and um, and especially to, to do it right, make sure that they do have the, the type of experience we want them to have here so they want to come back too. Well, let's talk about Flipside Fest a little bit, which is, yeah, coming up. Uh, and tell, where'd this come from? I mean, you, are you not busy enough with Tree Fort and with uh, booking shows at venues around the year? Like why Flipside and, and what's kind of your goal with it? It kind of came around because from doing Tree Fort last fall, you know, a bunch of people in basically asking us to stick to September, but we really like Treefort in March. There's always been this interest in potentially stretching to Garden City, but it's hard to make sense during Treefort. And so there were some routed tours that kind of presented an opportunity to maybe do do something out in the parking lot at VAC. And once we started, once I got to a couple of days, then we started to look around the neighborhood and other people in the neighborhood reached out. I'm like, well, what about doing something at Sorrell's place? So it's kind of, it kind of just came out of a community, a collaboration with community members out in Garden City. And we felt like it was doable because we were going to keep it smaller, which it does feel. It'll be a smaller and scrappier festival. Granted, there's still over 80 bands, which feels small to us, but um, not necessarily that small. So. 80 bands is still a lot <laughs> for three yeah, days. So. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me, who, who are you excited about? I know I know you hate when I ask questions oh. like, who are you excited about? Because you're excited about everybody, I'm sure. All but of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm really excited about Dead. It's D-E-H, Dead, D, Dead, for people that aren't familiar. Um, Automatic is a band I've been into for quite a while. There's a band coming all the way from, from Ghana who couldn't get their visa in time for Tree Fort. Oh. It was their fir first time to the States. They're called cool. the Mazumbians. And so I'm excited that they're making, they're coming all the way from Ghana for Flip, flip Side Fest. So, wow. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And then back to the, the local scene, this is really kind of designed as almost more of a localized festival. There's just, just a bunch of great local bands going to be part of it and really excited about that. And then old friends like Delicate Steve and, um, and Deluxe. So can I list all 80? I'm getting close. Can I, can I, can I keep going? <laughs> we'll save it for the show notes, but oh, yeah. Right, right, cool. <laughs> um, give me an update. Give us an update on uh, Tree Fort Music Hall um, because... Yeah. Wasn't this kind of the plan all along when you and uh, your your folks at um, Duck Club all got together, you know, 11, 12 years ago? Wasn't this this the plan was it was going to be a venue? And then you're like, well, I guess we should try a festival first, maybe. Yeah, essentially, when I met Lori, um, she was exploring the opportunity with Drew at the time about potentially opening a new venue in town, but had gotten the recommendation to throw some, like maybe do some shows first to get her feet wet, you know, doing that. And so yeah. when I met her, she was looking for someone in the music world to help with that sort of thing. So when I met her, um, I sort of counterpitched, I was like, yeah, I love throwing shows. And I counterpitched the idea of doing a, you know, this festival idea instead that led to tree for, and then that led to us uh, doing that for the last several years. Cause that just took our focus. But we've last five years or so we've been exploring like, 
the right opportunity to get back to the venue idea. Um, and that is coming to fruition early next year. So it'll be ready for Tree Fort 2023 is the goal. That is the goal. And it, <laughs> it, it, it appears to be a, an attainable goal. What about what was missing in the scene from a venue perspective that you feel like, yeah, we needed? Yeah, I think for us, there's a couple of things. For one, uh, you know, we're friends with the Knitting Factory folks and they're like the only venue of this size around a thousand cap and and they there's enough traffic that wants to come through town that there there's a lot of times the reason tours are skipping because the knits already booked or there's other reasons that that they couldn't have it and so there was the gap that i just think there's you know other markets nearby that when people are these tours are heading to seattle and portland there's multiple venues of of this size so theoretically there's multiple tours coming through right and then for us just really you know we've had you know, the very artist centric brand. That's how we built the festival. And there's just some things about the artist experience that we're excited to provide our own space for, you know, as one of the things like our, we was excited to have great green rooms with like laundry for bands and showers for bands mm. and mm-hmm. being someone who's lived on the road. And for a while, like sometimes showers and laundry are some of the hardest <laughs> things to, to uh, come by. So, um, yeah, it's li- little things like that. And then, for our team in general, I think it's just going to help kind of anchor kind of how we're able to build out more jobs for our team that have long been very part time working on the festival with us. And we're just excited to be able to kind of build that ecosystem more, too. Yeah, that's oh, it's so fascinating uh, just to have looked back at where you all started. And here we are. Um two festivals booking year round and this venue that's coming online, your team it sounds like you're able to actually like people are actually to, able to have their livelihoods be centered at least in part or maybe someday fully around this industry now. Yeah, that's I mean, that's been a big passion of ours for a long time. I think that's been one of the to be frank, one of the struggles with the tree fort and the tree fort team. We love everybody. And but it is it's sort of like it kind of opens up this period of optimism um, where like, oh, this is something I could do with my life here in Boise. And then it's just never, it's just not enough work on a year round standpoint. One of the other telltales on the health of the scene right now is just like with all agency, a lot of those happen in, in DIY spaces. And there's a bunch yeah. of cool, cool DIY shows happening right now. And artists essentially setting up their own shows in their own spaces. And that's a really healthy sign for for the scene too. Well, I was going to ask that because, yeah, I mean, on the one side, it feels like, oh, maturing professionalization. It feels like it could be a career or a part of a career for folks or um, just something that they can depend on for income. But, you know, what do you lose with that are, yeah, those house shows that, you know, was one of the things that I remember my first couple of years in Boise were so fun. But it sounds like they're still happening and maybe there's new people who are throwing them and they're still very much. We're, it's both. It's both and. Yeah, exactly. And I use the ecosystem word a lot because, yeah, you need that sort of grassroots DIY place where people start. But you also need a place for them to gr- grow into and play a more professional stage with state state of the art sound and lights. And you need that whole ladder. Right. And because if there's not the growth opportunity, and that goes for touring bands, too. Like, yeah, they'll come play ha- house shows, but they're not going to want to invest in a market if they don't see a path to grow in it. You know, so. Hmm. Yeah. How long have you been uh, watching or involved in the Boise music scene at this point, Eric? (laughs) 
well, do I have to date me? I mean, why? Well, <laughs> I've dated myself, so, right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, really, I mean, so when my old band Finnerigans, we were kind of based out of Haley for a couple years, and we were coming down playing the scene in 2007, 6, 7, and 8. But it was two, beginning of 2009 when I relocated back down here, and that's when I really started paying closer attention. But even then, I mean, to be honest with you, I was, we were still on the road over 200 days out of the year, so I was sort of like just kind of had a foot in the community but wasn't as invested until 2011 so pretty much the same as you so okay. <laughs> it seems like okay. right yeah yeah we're yeah. on the same yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> so what do you think in uh, another 11 years what will it look like what are you hoping to see uh yeah among this ecosystem of of our music scene as you put it Whew. well looking back to 2011 that was just early times of Boise even being, I guess, reintroduced to the national map. You know, Built to Spill kind of put Boise on the national map in the 90s, but then it kind of disappeared for a bit. You know, I, I actually do a lot of music policy type stuff, and we're thought of as a music city in, like, national circles now. Like, pe- people think of Boise as a music city. So I think we're on the just the early cusp of being taken more seriously as a city where music and uh, creative economy can thrive. And so... I mean, I really hope to see, yeah, more jobs, like people being able to work, um, more venues. We still need more, especially like small cap venues in the 100 and 200 cap space. Um, and, you know, I just really love the collaborative spirit that this scene has developed. There's just this beauty about us all feeling like we're on the same team and we can support each other. And that goes for, for bands, it goes for venues. And, you know, it's really like we all win if this scene continues to grow and thrive. So. Gilbert, so great to chat with you. Thank you so much for yeah tackling some big questions and uh, looking forward to Flipside Fest. Thanks for having me. And before you go, if you're thinking about heading to Flipside Fest this weekend, concerts start on Friday at four and end Sunday night with Built to Spill closing out the festival. It's ninety bucks for the whole weekend, or you could buy single day tickets. Besides the VAC, venues will include Coiled Wines, Push and Pour, Searle's Place, and Sandbar. Okay, that's all for today here on CityCast Boise. The podcast will be back on Thursday with more stories from around the city. In the meantime, have you followed us on Instagram yet? Recently, we were debating the best local burger in town. Don't miss out on sharing your take. Our handle is city underscore cast underscore Boise. See you later.